on today's show. Who gets left out of the Dallas Mavericks rotation if the season started today? That and more of your questions on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Subscribe or follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below let us know in the comment section i want you to name the mavericks 10 player rotation give me 10 names these are the players that'll start and play at the beginning of the season coaches don't like to really play more than a 10 player rotation so somebody's getting left out and i'm curious who you think it's going to be if you want to support the show text us get text alerts from us join in on the mailbag like today I, i'm answering a bunch of questions from the subtext subscribe to our subtext click the link in the description or text the number below in the description as well to subscribe to the subtext isaac harris out today we will uh answer a bunch of your questions today i got some interesting ones Jaden hardy extension what does that look like what kind of a season would we rather have hardy have and the question kind of lends itself to what should we be looking for for hardy's future can olivier maxon's prosper replace josh green is that is that completely out of left field? Uh, and then I got a bunch of rapid fire ones. Rank the West now that everything's settled in, the, in uh, free agency for the most part, except for Harden, Lillard, Siakam, I guess. Uh, different lineups, well, just a bunch of different questions that we'll answer a little bit later. So, but let's start with this. If the Dallas Mavericks roster is the way that it is, I've been talking about that this week. If it is the way that it is, who plays and who gets left out? This was the first question I got. Who are your top nine rotation players? Got this question. I thought it was a pretty good one. And then they asked me to do a minutes prediction. I've been kind of obsessing over this lately. And it's one of the reasons why, besides hearing rumors and hearing other things, that Isaac and I really believe that Tim Hardaway Jr. will get traded. Because this roster just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like This roster just doesn't work in this way, in this way if it's the way that it is right now. And it also doesn't work for the rookies. The rookies, I think, are going to get left out. We start thinking, man, well, Omax in Summer League, he looks pretty good. I think he could play right away. We'll play instead of who? Derek Lively. Oh, he's the biggest guy on the roster. He's the only seven-footer. He's the only defensive center that they have. They have to play him. He's the only way they're going to get better defending the rim. Okay, well, then who does he play instead of? It's really hard to try and put this together. If you think, also, we talked about Rashawn Holmes yesterday. Go listen to that show if you want to hear all about Rashawn Holmes, what he can bring and all that. If you think he's a viable player and think he's ready for a breakout Nico Harrison, get me out of jail situation, then he's got to play. So here's who I think it is. Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green, Grant Williams, Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, Seth Curry, Rashawn Holmes, Jaden Hardy. That's who I think it is. And if you start putting minutes next to it, this is kind of hard on a podcast, but just follow me. This adds up to 240 minutes. So let's just say these 10 players are the only ones that play in a game. Luca plays 35, Kyrie 34. Those are your only guys really that are, are playing, you know, a ton of minutes. Those are your star players, obviously. And then you have this next group of like 
All right, our key role players, Josh Green and Grant Williams, both playing 28 minutes a game. At Their wings over the last couple of years have played 30 minutes a game in the regular season. Then Maxi Kleba playing about 24 minutes. Then you have Tim Hart. He plays between the, like the four and the five as well in those small ball type lineups that stretch the floor. The Mavericks going to need those, and he'll play those. Then Tim Hardaway and Seth Curry both play about 20 minutes. So you... you Put them, all right, we signed Seth, and he's you know, Tim and Seth are probably the best catch-and-shoot shooters on the team besides Kyrie, and so they got to play. They play about 20 minutes a game. Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes play about 18 minutes. If you go 18 minutes and 18 minutes with them two, plus Maxie playing about eight minutes at center, about two shifts for him, and then maybe a couple minutes for Grant Williams at five, like that that adds up to all your center minutes. And then Jaden Hardy plays about 15 minutes. And I could, hold, what's that? I heard you. 15 minutes, not enough for Jaden Hardy. Okay, take minutes away from somebody. Who is it? And then I hear, well, hold on. I hear some of you even saying, well, where's Derek Lively and Omax going to play? Okay, take minutes from somebody. I'm I'm assuming you're going to say Dwight Powell. They're going to play Dwight Powell. It's not what Isaac would do. It's not what I would do. I think, it, well, I, I think I would do it at this point. To start the season, to start with some consistency, to start with a veteran I don't know. I think they're going to take Lively along slowly, and I tend to trust this brain trust in developing guys. They know when a guy is ready. They knew when Hardy was ready. They knew when Josh Green was ready. And I'm just going to go with them for this. And so I think it'll take a little bit. And it's just very rare for a center to play really big minutes. It's over the last, like, five, six, seven, ten years. Walker Kessler played towards the end. That team didn't make the playoffs. Miles Turner played, but he played a lot of four for that Pacers team. Bam Adebayo played, you know, as a center, as a rookie early in his career, and they made the playoffs. And then, like, Steven Adams. But he only played, like, 15 minutes a game. And so you're trying to find where those minutes even come from. It's one of Dwight Powell or Rashawn Holmes just gets completely taken out of the rotation. And that could happen. Lively could look better than those two guys. But to start the season, to get, to get something that you know for sure is going to happen, I don't know that I could say that Lively will be better than either of those two guys to start the season. They've played in the NBA for like 10 years each. They have so much more experience over Lively. Hey, Lively's 19 years old. This is not even some rookie coming in that has know, a lot of basketball experience. And, oh, he, he's, you know, he's just going to come in re- ready and, like, be ready right away. He's old. Like, Walker Kessler's two years older than him when he, when he came into the NBA last year. It's difficult. It's hard to try and find right away minutes. And we know how Jason Kidd likes to handle things. He likes to give minutes to vets. Tim McMahon had that report that, you know, there there were some around the Mavericks that were excited that Reggie Bullock got traded because it allows Josh Green to not get like pushed down the pecking order. It'll it makes it makes it so that Jason Kidd doesn't play Reggie Bullock ahead of Josh Green. And if that doesn't tell you anything into the mindset of Jason Kidd, this is what I think it'll be. What I think it should be is I think they should they should try and find a way to play these guys. They should try and find a way to play these rookies early. And that's what I was on about Hardy. If they, if they want Hardy to be ready by a certain, I said this all last year. If they want Hardy to be ready by a certain point in the season, they have to play him early in the NBA. Instead, they decided to play him in the G League and then bring him up. And then he had this weird, like he was on the team, but he wasn't really playing, but he wasn't playing in the G League. Like he had this weird nebulous stretch in the middle of the season. And that point I said, all right, well, you got to play him or, or not. Cause he's not going to be ready enough by the time. And then by the time the season ended, they, the team was so far gone that Hardy was ready. The team, the team was so far gone, it didn't matter at that point. And so I think that's going to happen with these rookies too, is try to find a way to play them. 
because they also bring a certain skill set that the other players on this team don't have. Omax, 6'8", 6'9", 7 foot wingspan. Everybody else on the team, like Josh Green, 6'5", Grant Williams, 6'6", Tim Hardaway, 6'5". You got Maxi, but he's not he's not as quick on his feet as Omax is. Derek Lively, bonafide seven footer, seven seven wingspan, and you look at Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes, they're like six nine, six ten, with like seven foot wingspans. <laughs> like these guys just bring such a certain specific skill set that they need, and it's really hard to try and figure out. All right, well, who doesn't play instead of them? And that's my question today: is who doesn't play, and inst- if those guys are going to get some minutes early on. One of the reasons why I think a Tim Hardaway trade will happen. If a Tim Hardaway trade does happen, then it clears up some minutes for Hardy. It clears up some minutes for Omax. And then if one of the two centers drops out, Dwight Powell or Sean Holmes, then it clears up some minutes for Derek Lively. Let me know in the comment section who falls out. Who's the 10? Name the 10 players. And then I'll know who doesn't play. I also haven't even mentioned Dante Exum yet. I think Exum could, could find a way. He's 6'6", and he can handle the ball. And he can play some point guard. And they're going to need somebody like that, especially when Luka and Kyrie miss some games. And so I think he could find his way. Coming up, let's get into some more questions. Which new player will exceed expectations and play a larger role? What about Hardy's extension looming? Can Omax replace Josh Green? A lot of good questions. We'll try to answer some of them uh, coming up. But before we do, get into this. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America, number one sports book in our hearts. They got a ton of stuff. You can go and you can get, you can try to take your swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Oh, they've got the in-season tournament already. Dallas Mavericks, West Group B. Gotta love a good group. Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, Pelicans, Rockets. To win the group. So you just have to win the most games out of four if you play the other teams. Nuggets are plus 150. Clippers plus 230. Mavericks plus 330. Pelicans plus 500. Rockets plus 2,300. That Rockets one is interesting. You can you can stumble into winning four games in the NBA. They added some talent. I don't know. 2,300. I don't know that I would make them so much lower than the Pelicans on that. Uh, so you can check that out at FanDuel. They have all kinds of other stuff. Like I said, they have baseball. They have uh, football coming up. They have all kinds of things. WNBA as well. What are the, just one second. The Wings are plus 4,200 to win the championship. Whew, I may, how many bonus bets do you get? How many bonus bucks do you get? Whew, I, might even do, I might even do that. Sign up today. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad. Appreciate each and every one of you hanging out with us. All right, Isaac, let's get into these next questions. We've got all these questions from our subtext. If you want to subscribe to our subtext, help support the show. Also, you can text us uh, about different things. I was talking to somebody about uh, Tears of the Kingdom today, the video game. We were talking about all kinds of stuff today. I love, I love the subtext. Question I got is, which new role player will exceed expectations and play a larger role? This goes with everything I just said in the first segment. Who finds their way into more minutes. Well, then let's go over the new players. Grant Williams, I expect him to play 30 minutes a game right out of the gate. He's replacing Reggie Bullock. It's a one-to-one. After the trade last year, Reggie Bullock was playing 31 minutes a game. I think Grant Williams will play that much. That's a step up from what he was playing with the Celtics, but he's better and a much much better option than anybody else 
on the Mavericks right now. He's got more playoff experience, just more experience in general, can guard bigger players. And last year, he averaged about 26 minutes a game for the Celtics. So four more minutes a game, what is it? He's going to step right in that role. So I don't think he'll exceed my expectations. It'd be hard for him to go from like a 30-minute-a-game player to a 35-minute-a-game player. Unless the Mavs just get real desperate. Seth Curry, I expect him to play about 20 minutes a game. I think he takes the Christian Wood minutes after the trade. So after the trade, Christian Wood played about 21 minutes a game. I think Curry steps into that spot. Now, he doesn't step into that role. Does he step into that role? Kind of, right? Like, just taking threes, (laughs) hitting shots. He kind of doesn't rebound, but, you know. So I think Steph Curry, or how many times am I going to do that? Seth Curry steps into those minutes. And so could he exceed expectations? Maybe. If there's a Tim trade, he definitely will. Because then his minutes will go up a little bit. Hardy's minutes will go up a little bit. And they'll have to replace that and replace that shooting. But it's just hard for a 6'2 guy to play, especially if, you know, Kyrie's going to be on the floor for as much as he's going to be. To have two guys like that, it's just kind of difficult. But he'll probably stick with Luca for a long time. So it's then you get to the the actual three new or then you get to the new guys that uh you get Rashawn Holmes next. Can Rashawn Holmes exceed expectations and play a larger role? Well, right now I expect him to play about 18 minutes a game. Flirt with starting this to start the season. Maybe it's him and Dwight going back and forth. Whoever looks better, whoever plays better, it's kind of rebounds better. It's just kind of up to that. Can he exceed my expectations? I guess. I guess he could could gobble up Dwight's minutes. And he just looks so much better than Dwight that all of a sudden he steps up and he's the, the stopgap center. He's the one that's playing back to what he used to play for the Kings, 26, 27 minutes a game. I guess he could. But is he the most likely one? The next ones are Derek Lively, Omax, and Dante Exum. Could Derek Lively exceed it? My expectations are he, he plays sparingly here and there to start the season 10 15 minutes a game here and there kind of like hardy did and then they'll look at him and be like oh man by december or january they'll say we we still have the same problems (laughs) we still have the same issues that we did last year we've just got to try somebody and so they'll go with Derek lively at that point can he exceed expectations and be the starter by the end of the season that seems to be more likely and then when you get to Omax, we'll talk about Omax replacing Josh Green a little bit er- a little bit later because somebody asked that question specifically. I think he has a, I think Lively has a better chance than Omax does to me. Yeah. And then Dante Exum, he would have to overtake Hardy and Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. to get some guard wing minutes. And he could look really good. They could need some, some it could be Exum and Kyrie look really good together because you got a 6'6", guy that can guard a lot you got Kyrie that can you know shoot off of his his movement maybe Dante Exum's shot from overseas is looking the same and so all of a sudden he's a viable player he he could he could surprise because I have almost no expectations for him him and Rashawn Holmes I'm both kind of like I don't expect you to come in and fix stuff and I don't know what I don't know what to expect and so uh, I could see either of those two guys exceeding expectations let's talk about Jaden Hardy because I thought this was an interesting question This is a question we got on subtext. Would you rather have Jaden Hardy average 20 points a game knowing that he could get that Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole size contract, the 30 million a a year type deal? Or would you rather him average like 14 a game and get like 14 to 18 mil a year in his extension? It's important to know this is kind of an unfair, this is definitely an unfair question. Because if you look at some of these guys, um, 
Hardy will be a restricted free agent, not after this season, but after next season. And that's the season where these guys, the Tyler Heroes, the Jordan Pools, got their big extension. That's when they got it. And so we are a year away from this question being a legitimate question. So next year, would I rather have Jaden Hardy average 20 points a game or 14 points a game? This year, we're kind of just like ramping up to that. But for the sake of the question, I found it interesting. Here's what Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero did to get that extension. Because I don't think Hardy's get he's not getting it this year because these, num- these numbers, it would be hard for me to see him get, get to this. Jordan Poole, last season, right before he got the extension, or the season before last, right? So the 2021, 22, season, 18 and a half points a game, four assists. He shot 45, 36, 92 splits from the field, played 30 minutes a game for that Warriors team. And then he went in the playoffs. He played 27 and a half minutes a game, averaged 17 points, you know, shot almost 50, 40, 90. And he played that, that much in the playoffs. That's what Jordan Poole did the year before he got that $30 million extension. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, that, those are really good numbers. No wonder he got that deal, right? You look at him now and you say, oh, how did he get that deal? Oh, they, they dumped him. Well, he played really well. And then he got punched in the face by Draymond, and here we are. Tyler Hero for the Heat, same season, 2021-22 season. Average almost 21 points a game, five boards, four assists, shot 45-40-87 splits. That's field goal, three-point percentage, and free throw, by the way. He played about 33 minutes a game. And then in the playoffs, he he dipped down, averaged about 12 and a half points, four boards, three assists. Didn't shoot well from three, 23%. And then played about 25 minutes a game. So his, his like minutes really dipped. So he didn't play well in the playoffs. It's a short-lived run for, for him in that year. This is not this past year. It's the year before. And then he got his, then he got his big extension because he just looked so good in the regular season and you know carried their offense for a while. And so that's what Jordan, that's what Jaden Hardy would have to do. Play about 30 minutes a game. So he'd have to jump up to the, well, we just can't not play this guy. He's got to jump up into the Josh Green, Grant Williams level of minutes. Can he do it? Maybe. But it wouldn't happen until next year. That next year is when we'd actually, this question can actually be valid, I think. The other question we got about Omax and Josh Green. Is it really a reach to say that by the end of the season, Omax will replace Josh Green in that starting lineup and be the number one option for the Mavs at that wing spot? I started to look through some of these guys and say, okay, if the Mavericks want to be a playoff team, and they have to be a playoff team, right? Like you can't just go another season with Luka and Kyrie and not make the playoffs. You just, coaching-wise, front office-wise, there would have to be big moves. There would have to be big changes because that's just such a disaster two years in a row. The players that have that have been drafted in kind of his range that have played in the playoffs over the last couple of years, Trey Murphy the third played a bunch for the Pelicans. Herb Jones played a bunch for the Pelicans. OG Ananobi was the 23rd pick. That's kind of the most alike one that I can see for OG Ananobi and Omax. Boyan Bogdanovich for the Brooklyn Nets. This is back in 2011. He was the 31st pick. He was about 25 years old, though, when he came over, so that's kind of unfair. Michael Porter Jr. was the 14th pick for the Nuggets. He played a bunch for them in the playoffs. Played like 19 games for them in the playoffs. Jarrell Martin for the Grizzlies, who? He was the 25th pick. Trey, uh, I already said Trey Murphy. Uh, Justin Anderson, Simba. He was the 21st pick. He played for the Mavericks in the playoffs when he got drafted. Darius Baisley was the 23rd pick. He played for OKC in the playoffs. Rudyans Kuruks was the 40th pick, and he played for, for Brooklyn when he was a a rookie and Aaron Neesmith was the 14th pick and he played minutes in the playoffs for both. Those are the only players, the only rookies, only rookie wings that have played like 15 minutes or more in the playoffs. 
So if the Mavericks want to be a playoff team, it's so rare for a guy like Omax to jump into that role because your team has to be good enough to make the playoffs. And usually if you're playing a rookie, that those amount of minutes, you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> like listen to those teams. That's how, that's over the last 10 years. There's 10 guys. And some of them aren't even fair to compare. Bojan's not really fair. Michael Porter Jr. is really not that fair. You know, Kuroks, I guess, is not fair. He was the 40th pick, and that Brooklyn team was weird. And some of these, a lot of these, you know, some of these are East teams that made it. You know, the Raptors, the the Nets twice here, the Celtics. Celtics, they you know they had the 14th pick, and but they had a couple All Stars on their team <laughs> when Aaron e. Smith was there. I guess the Mavericks do too, actually. So it's only been 10 players over the last 10 years, rookies that have been drafted in, in Omax's range that have played in the playoffs. It's not a lot. Not a lot of precedent for that to happen. So I don't expect that to happen. Can Omax do it? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's in the realm of possibilities, but I wouldn't expect it. I, wouldn't, I, w- I won't go into, all right, I'm betting for this to happen. Oh, the Mavs should bet for this to happen. Josh Green's got to really take a step up. Like I said the other day, he's got to leave no doubt that he's the guy to play 30 minutes a game at that spot. Coming up, let, let me do some rapid-fire ones. What's the West power rankings? Uh, wouldn't Lively make sense next to Grant Williams? bunch of other questions like that. Let's talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more rapid-fire questions. Again, I'm answering all your questions from subtext. Got a couple people that said, where do the Mavs rank in the West now? I think it was like four or five questions. Where do the Mavs rank in the West now? It's so hard to tell. Anything can happen. But if I just look at the standings and I just say, all right, this is who I think. Let me just give you my rankings. Tear them apart. I think it goes Suns number one. They're the only team in the West, really, that made up a significant jump. The Warriors made the Jordan pull for Chris Paul trade. I don't think that moves the needle for them a ton. Grizzlies made the Marcus Smart trade, but they're also going to lose John Morant for at least 25 games. He also misses games for injuries, so... I don't know. I don't know even know what you consider that. The Nuggets lost Bruce Brown and didn't really replace him. The Mavericks made their ancillary moves. And then you have the Rockets. They made a couple of moves, but I'm not moving them up. And so it's like, okay, the Suns are the only ones that really made a significant jump here. Going from Chris Paul to Bradley Beal. I think that's a significant jump. Keeping DeAndre Ayton, like that'll be a good team next year. They'll win a bunch of games. And so I'm putting them number one. And all they'd have to do is jump up, what, eight wins? <laughs> to be the number one seed from last year. It's a, t- there's, there's not like a top heavy team. And I think the nuggets will take a little step back because you know, in the, in the regular season, because teams always, after they win the title, they usually take a step back the next year. And so I think the nuggets will be number two. Suns will be number one. Then I'll go Grizzlies. Number three. They just have so, they have a ton of talent. They, their, their team is pretty stacked. Even if they're missing jaw, they got Marcus smart. So they replaced him. And it's just hard for me to come up with a team underneath them that I really feel like can can overtake them. Then the Lakers at four, I think they'll be I think they'll be back and kind of just settled where they are. Kings, Mavs, is my next ones, and then Warriors, Clippers, like that group right. <laughs> this group right here, Grizzlies, Lakers, Kings, Mavs, Warriors, Clippers, Wolves. Yeah, I'll even put the Wolves in there. Like th- that three through nine, you could put it in any order. And I think I would believe you. <laughs> That is so hard. So the Mavs can be in anywhere from, from three to nine, I think. They can fall in anywhere there. And so that's where I think the Mavs, I think the Mavs will be sixth. I think they'll they'll get back to the playoffs. I think they'll get, I think they'll right the ship. 
I think they were so thoroughly embarrassed last year from top to bottom the entire organization that I think there's no way that they don't come back next year and don't take it personally. I think Luka and Kyrie will play better together. We'll all of a sudden look at the record of 5-11 and 11 last year and go, wait, what? Those guys only were, they were, five. what happened last year? Like, I, think, I think people will say what happened last year more often than not instead of, oh, well, see, we saw at the end of last year that it just didn't work, and here we are again, it didn't work. Warriors, Clippers, they're, they're going to have some injuries. Their guys are just getting older, injury, more injury prone. They didn't make huge improvements, I don't think, either. So I have them at seven and eight. Kings still at five. Kings are at five. I think they'll take a step back just because they won so many games that statistically they shouldn't have won. <laughs> like They won so many clutch games. De'Aaron Fox is the clutch player of the year, won the Jerry West Award. Uh, they'll, they'll take a little bit of a step back. They also didn't really improve that much. So if, if they're just betting on internal development and stuff, and now they'll kind of be the hunted. They won't be this plucky Kings team that no one knows what to expect from. After that, like the Wolves are ninth. That's that's so tough. And multiple All-Stars. Anthony Edwards could make a big leap. Like I could see the Wolves finishing ahead of the Warriors, the Clippers, the Mavs even. Then then I then I'll go Pelicans at 10. They got some they got some turmoil, but they got a ton of talent. Thunder at 11, that one's hard. Jazz at 12, Rockets at 13, Blazers at 14, or uh, Spurs at 14, Blazers at 15. And I'm assuming a Damian Lillard trade happens with this. If a, if a Lillard trade doesn't happen, I expect them to probably finish, I don't know, 12, 11? No, 12, because they're not, I don't think they're going to be better than the Thunder. That's hard. It's hard, man. The West is going to be tough next year. They're just going to all eat their own. Couple other questions I got rapid fire. What interesting lineups do you see Kid and the coaching staff putting together now that we have much better defensive versatility? I think we're going to see some Grant Williams at the five. I think he'll play that role that Maxi has been playing, and we'll probably see Maxi and Grant Williams play together, and then they're interchangeable four or five. Then you can do you can switch all kinds of stuff if you have those two guys. This is something we haven't seen the Mavericks do, I guess, since Dorian. But even like Grant Williams has to weigh like. 40 pounds more than, than Dorian Finney-Smith. He could just guard bigger guys in a way. He guard... What did I go over the other day? Let me pull up those numbers. If you didn't listen to my episode the other day, Grant Williams, who he guard, guarded the guarded most often last year. In the regular season, Grant Williams guarded Joel Embiid the most of any player he ever guarded. He guarded Joel Embiid, PJ Washington, Julius Randle, Nick Claxton, Jokic, Anthony Davis, and Giannis. <laughs> He guards, those are the guys he guarded the most in the NBA last year. He guards big dudes. And we haven't had a guy that does that. Like you wouldn't put, you wouldn't put Dorian Finney-Smith on any of those guys. You wouldn't put Reggie Bullock on any of those guys. And so now they have this guy that they can interchange. So I'm interested to see the Maxi Grant Williams 4-5 small ball lineup where they can, they can switch bigs between those two guys and you feel, feel good about either one of them. That's exciting. I'm excited to see a, I'm excited to see like the young guys eventually we'll have a game where a bunch of guys are, are out load managing or injured or something. And we see like a, you know, the summer league group kind of, or like just all the young guys. So you see Hardy, Josh Green, Omax, Derek Lively. Like you see, or, and then Luca, I guess like you see that kind of group. I'm excited to see that. That would be fun. Uh, other question with Grant Williams, being such an undersized four, wouldn't it make sense to start Lively as a longer defensive-minded center over Pal and Holmes? What I just said earlier, no, not really. I mean, you'd think that it would, but Grant can guard some of those bigger guys. 
he can guard one of those guys one-on-one. And so you can play a Powell or a Holmes and have them switching around or being the, the roamer that guards a four and they can roam around and, and jump around and grab some rebounds and things like that. But Isaac has been on this for a while and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with him on it that, yeah, just start lively at a certain point because you need to make the defense better. And with like Grant Williams is not making your defense better than what you had last year. But Lively and Grant Williams probably could. Is Tim Hardaway Jr. still in the roster to start the season? I think so. At this point, something would have to happen. A trade would have to happen. It, it's going to happen in September because that's when the Donovan Mitchell trade happened. That's when some of these trades happen. Got the you know front offices all go on vacation. That's why we're not hearing any like real rumors at all right now. I mean, when's the last rumor I, I texted out to everybody? Right, like <laughs> we just don't hear them often anymore because they're all on vacation. So if it's going to happen, it'll happen in like two months or so, and we'll find out then. Is Josh Green extension or trade more likely? An extension, for sure. That's the next thing that the Mavericks will probably do is a Josh Green extension, and then we'll see that. I'm actually more encouraged about a a, a lower Josh Green extension for the Mavericks, not for him. I I guess you want him to make the most money he can, but for the Mavericks, it seems like some of these guys, the P.J. Washingtons, the even a Grant Williams, got less money than they thought they were going to get. Grant Williams during the season was asking for, like, he's like, I want to make $20 a year. He didn't get anywhere close to that. P.J. Washington wants $18 million a year. The Hornets are, like, holding out because they don't even want to give that to him. Uh, Gracie asks, who will have the best sound drop this season? It, it, it's got to be this. Yo, you see Apple Jacks? <laughs> oh, man. Who's going to beat the rookie drops? I think Grant Williams. Grant Williams was on... Uh, Theo Pinson's podcast, I listened to that today. He was on JJ Reddick's podcast, but it hasn't dropped yet. I'll see if there's any drops in there. But uh, who's going to beat Jason Kidd? I mean, he just has so many. I'm not playing. I'm watching, just I like you guys. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. I don't always tell you guys the truth. I mean, who's going to beat that? <laughs> those, those three in a row. Last question. How loud does it get in the ACC? The ACC. The AAC. When Luca makes a game winner in terms of number of sperm whales. Love this question because they said sperm whale is the loudest animal. I think I was only in the arena for the Celtics game winner he hit, and that one was nuts. And it wasn't necessarily loud as far as decibels at one time. It was how long it lasted. It was just a a long scream where just the peak of it lasted longer than your normal. He hit a three or he hit a tough shot or clutch shot. People were real excited. It was a Saturday night. It was a great moment. I can still just see it in my head, him hitting that shot right over Josh Richardson. Nobody could do anything. Grant Williams even talked about that uh, on Theo Pinson's podcast. He just goes that left step back, and nobody can stop it. There you go. There's some questions. If you want to ask your questions, submit them into the subtext. I'll probably answer some of those tomorrow. I'll be back with Isaac on Sunday night talking more Dallas Mavericks. If there's rumors, we hope that some of those come come back up. We, we miss those. But we'll probably be talking about what the Mavericks are going to look like next year and all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.